Want to hear something amazing? Oh, and feel free to tell your friends too. So, Kohl's, they're having a huge sale on summer stuff. And if you live for sunny days like I do, you need to check it out. I got 40% off a new patio set, Food Network grilling essentials for 20% off, and 50% off those yard games my kids won't stop talking about. Best part? I got an extra $10 off and some Kohl's cash. It almost makes being cooped up all winter worth it. Almost. Select styles 10 off 25 offer valid May 27th through 31st. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Radamic. Berto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We're going to have a great show for you today. Today is for Christians, Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve. Um, we're not going to have a show on Christmas, but we're here for Christmas Eve. How is everybody? How are, how are my folks doing? How are you guys doing? Anyhow, let's see. Welcome, Michael Rudnan. Welcome, Bridge MCP. Welcome, Robert Reed. Welcome, Linda E. Uh, Michael says, sign and share requested. This isn't an economic stimulus. It's making sure 50 million Americans don't get evicted or go hungry during a pandemic winter. This is about humanity, folks. Sign the deal. This is about humanity. Let's make sure humanity reigns. Let's make sure humanity reigns, folks. That is so important for us to start taking all this stuff seriously. It is so, so so important. Anyhow, folks, welcome aboard. Welcome aboard all our great people out here. Michael Rudnan also says, we need $2,000 checks. We're nine months into a catastrophic pandemic. Unemployment is through the roof. Families are going hungry. We need a lot more than $600 to survive now after months of doing nothing. Donald Trump says he is finally ready to send $2,000 checks. Nancy Pelosi is on board too. Now we're calling on Congress to pass an amendment to put 2,000 checks back into the stimulus bill. Add your name to the official petition. Please do that. Michael Rudnan has the link on the screen. Let's go ahead and be a part. If, if we can't do that, if we can't share politics done right and all these things to make sure that we can get all this stuff done, then we would not have been doing our job. I know we can do it, brothers and sisters. I know we can. Bridge MCP says Trump could delay COVID bill called a pocket veto. Until the new Congress on January 18th, he has 10 days to sign or veto a bill. January 3rd is the end of this Congress, but the pocket veto is on January 4th. If he does that, there's a new Congress. Everything starts from the beginning again. Folks, it is important, it is imperative that we push these people to act. I mean, uh, you know, it's amazing. A lot of these guys don't have to worry. They've got jobs. They have... Uh, look... America is in dire straits. You know, this K recovery, it's, it's a little little upward K, big downward K. But you know what? The people on TV, the people that are doing all the things out there, they know. They know. We have to start standing up for each other. We have to start standing up for each other. Anyway, what is the show going to be about today? We have a, an interview with a, a person who went through COVID, but beforehand... A COVID-19 survivor details her ordeal, but we're going to start talking about evangelical leaders who continue to lead their flock to an abyss. We continue. I, I did a piece earlier today. I placed it on dailycoast.com, dailycoast.com, among other places. But um, I saw an article today that really drew my ire. And it should draw everyone's ire, brothers and sisters. It should get us all 
pretty darn upset when you take a look at what's going on here. Welcome aboard, uh, Deborah John. Happy holidays to you as well, Deborah John. Bruce Pillard, happy holidays to you. Bridge MCP, Linda is here as well. Hi, Linda. Robert Reed, uh, thank you. Nanette Bird-Smith, welcome aboard. I love all of you being here. Folks, if you're, if you're catching us, uh, we, now, we now start putting the, uh, at, um, our link on our main website as well. So if you want to go ahead and get on in, just click that join button, click that chat button, and come on in, join the chat, join everybody else that's talking here. Anyhow, let me go ahead and play that piece for you. And then we'll take it on the other side. Let's go ahead and do that. I ran across an article today titled, Fort Worth pastor who urged faith over fear in the pandemic mourns parents who died of COVID complications. And after reading this article, I could not feel any sicker. I could not feel any sicker because it is a shame that we are an intelligent people, an intelligent folk, folks that have all the sites over the decades, over the centuries, that we can have a group of people in this country led by what I can only consider the criminally minded people to get their flock killed. This article stated that Pastor, his name is Pastor Todd Dunn in the Fort Worth area. He goes out and he preaches to everybody, we're not following the government. We're not doing this. We are going to have our churches. And he continuously fight against the left. Oh, they want the government wants to take over and all that sort of thing. And even with the deaths of his parents, both from COVID-19, even as the death of other pastors, even as people are getting sick, that was no deterrent for this guy. I said, I'm not wearing a mask when around my family like the CDC requests. And we are traveling, so we'll take our chances. Dunn's Facebook post read. And to top it off, we are huggers. So there you go. There will be no social distancing. In other words, to hell with science. What was his excuse uh, that uh, that he took those stances. Well, I hadn't seen anybody get the virus. I hadn't seen it happen. Then he comes back and he says, while we know people have suffered due to the virus, I have precious members in my congregation whose livelihoods have been greatly affected by this shutdown. At some point, we must have faith and trust in God. So who gave you the virus in the first place? Who put the virus out there in the first place? I am not going against anyone here. I am for America. Well, a sick America, an opened up America that is sick eventually closes, not because the government tells you to close, but because people die and people are unable to work. But he, in his ultimate wisdom, cannot see that. After all, he's an evangelical leader. And they have decided to become masters of stupor. Evangelical leaders that lead their flock. An evangelical leader, a pastor is one who's supposed to lead the flock, lead the flock to something good, lead, lead the flock to success, lead the flock to salvation. Instead, they're leading the flock to death, despair, bankruptcy, and you name it. And we still have those who followed them. Now, after he loses his mother, his father, and others, does he regret it? Of course he does not regret it still. 
I've been trying to do everything I can to have the right perspective, he said. I just know by my faith and the word of God that I'll see my parents again. I am not going to be on the side of the government intrusion on places of worship. What he really means is he doesn't want the government messing with his money flow. People don't go to church, his money is reduced. And that's, I hope people following these evangelical leaders understand what it's really about. It's never about you. The only way they could support somebody like Donald Trump is they know their cash flow was coming. If you think, follow, follow the money, all these evangelical leaders, and you see they all screw up and you find them in doing very quote-unquote immoral things. I'm not judging. I'm just saying they judge on what they've done. So let's be clear here. His parents played everything safe, he claims, and they still got sick. In other words, he's saying, so why bother? That's what he's telling his people. That is why we say evangelical leaders are a clear and present danger. He said he intends to do nothing differently. Evangelical leaders that follow this path, a clear and present danger not only to their, few, to their pew, but to humanity. After all, unfortunately, if natural selection was perfectly selective, we could be rid of them. But unfortunately, natural selection is not a scalpel. Folks, be well. Folks, please take care of yourself. Folks, please disregard these evangelical leaders that are leading you to the abyss. We spend Absolutely. So these evangelical leaders are a clear and present danger to us all. You think about this guy. He loses his mother. He loses his father. He saw a lot of the people in the pew that are getting sick. He saw other pastors getting sick. And his concern is, uh, he, he, if you read the entire article, I didn't put the entire article into the blog that I wrote, but the blog that I wrote uh, is titled... Uh, um, Actually, if you go to ExpertoWillies.com, I just wrote a blog and I also placed it on, Hi, Merry Christmas, Lee Grant, Merry Christmas, uh, Mike Christos, welcome aboard, Nanette Smith, welcome aboard, Daniel Ledo, welcome aboard. I'm going to answer you in a minute, Daniel. Uh, but anyhow, the, the article that I, that I placed in there is called, um, let me put it on the screen, it's actually called Evangelical Leaders Claiming Ignorance After Their Words Continue to Kill Many. Dead Parents Enough? And apparently the dead parents is not enough. This is a pastor right there as I, as, I, as I placed it before. But if you take a look at the actual article, the actual article also uh, points out this guy was just, he just, he hated the left so much that his answer to his hate was to get so many killed. And after his parents get killed, does he care? He doesn't care. You can imagine what he's feeling. Well, hell, my parents died already. You know, I mean, it is, it is shocking. It is completely shocking that these guys who, look, I am not blaming the, the, the people who follow these guys. If you, are, if you happen to be a Christian and you follow the Bible, your Bible tells you you need to follow your shepherd, right? Yes, it's understandable. That's what they learn. We follow our parents. We follow those people that we believe are worthy, worthy of the authority that they have over us based on their li lived experience, based on their position in life, based on what they've gone through. The, you know, I mean, that's why we, we, we used to follow leaders. That's why they're called leaders. But that he would do that, 
and continue to do it even after the deaths of his mother and his father. It tells you that there's something psychologically wrong with these people. And it's not anything psychologically wrong with their peer, with their pew. I mean, because again, they're following the, 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 what they think is right. These guys are the ones that should be, should be sued. These are the guys that should be arrested for what they're doing. For all, everything else, we consider it manslaughter or murder. If you, if you knowingly cause the death of others. And that's what he's doing. He is, he is causing the death of others because of his in, it, it's, its insolence. It's ridiculous. But anyhow, I digress. I digress. Make sure, if you have relatives that are following these criminals, if you happen to have relatives that are following these criminals, in as much as they're not criminals within our law, they are criminals towards humanity. If you have relatives that are following them, and we all do, be mindful of where they are, but coax them to do the right thing. Many times you can do that by just asking them if they're not doing it for themselves because they so love you, they'll do it for you. And that's what I've done with relatives who have been snowed by these criminal, criminal evangelical leaders. I've spoken to them and said, please, if not for yourself, please do it for those who otherwise love you but know otherwise or believe otherwise. Because, folks, we cannot, we cannot continue to have these spreaders. We cannot continue to have these criminal uh, evangelical leaders continue to have their criminality murder American citizen. Because it doesn't stop with their in initial murder. It is progressive. It moves on and on and on. Like I said in the blog post that I wrote, right? I said... If there is a hell, that is where these evangelical leaders belong. They are singularly responsible for the deaths of thousands. Unfortunately, if natural selection was perfectly selective, we could be rid of them. Unfortunately, nature is not a scalpel. Unfortunately. And what do I mean by nature is not a scalpel? As they cause the infection of others. Some of the good people who know better and try their best not to themselves get infected. And this is what our fight is all about. I have a, a video with the person who had COVID. She's going to relay her story. But before she relays her story, since it's going to be a, a fairly extensive uh, interview, let me just go ahead and do our ask early, a little earlier than normal and ask you to please consider becoming a part of our PDR Posse, as our great Bridge MCP has named it, no, 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 notably on the screen right now. Politics done right. Legberto Willis, donate, support, subscribe, join the PDR Posse. If you're on YouTube, just click that join button. It's very inexpensive to make sure. Let me, let me first tell you guys what we do. What we do. What we do is we make sure to get the real message, the true message, the progressive message out there. Why? We want to make sure that in as much as the right wing has a lot of people out there lying to people, 
with a lot of information on the internet that's false, the only way for us to counteract that is to put in high volume the truth. And there are hundreds of us doing sort of what we're doing here, and that is to write blogs, to have uh, videos. I create three to five videos every day. I also do the, the pro this program, write several blogs and get information into the newspapers and elsewhere. We try to do all of that to make sure that our message is populating the internet and elsewhere. It's expensive, in, uh, but we do it inexpensively because much of what we do is this way. So I ask you, if you're, if, you're, if you're just joining us for the first time or whatever, consider getting our book. Uh, the book is called How to Talk to Your Right Wing. Uh, right Wing. Uh, it's called It's Worth It, How to Talk to Your Right Wing, Relatives, Friends, and Neighbors. You can get it at Amazon. And I have other books as well, like uh, As I See It, Class Warfare, The Only Resort to Right Wing Doom. Alternatively, you can get it at our store if you want to eliminate the middleman. And to do that, just go to store.politicsunright.com store.politicsunright.com or politicsunright.com slash store. Uh, you can also become a patron of ours. P-A-T-R-E-O-N is how you spell patron, and I've put in the link in there as well, which is politicsunright.com slash patron, politicsunright.com slash patron. We also take PayPal, which is politicsunright.com slash PayPal, politicsunright.com slash PayPal. We could not do this without you. If you want to become a part of our YouTube posse, whether you're on YouTube now or you are on Facebook Live or Periscope or, you, or anywhere else, you can just go to politicsunright.com slash YouTube and become a part of our posse. We simply could not do this without you. And without further ado, here's Virginia Parks, a recovered COVID-19, a COVID-19 survivor. Let's hear her story. Welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. As you know, what we want to make sure to do is show things the way they really are. Well, right here with me is one of our one of our strong activists here in Houston, Virg Parks. How are you doing today, my friend? Hi, I'm I'm um, feeling pretty good, comparatively speaking. Yeah, well, you know what? Yeah, I feel me, like I've survived let, something. You know why? Because you did. Let, let's get a start here, folks. For a long time, people have been talking about COVID-19 as if it was just something simple. It affects people in many different ways. But what hurts the most is when people make light of it and put many of our fellow citizens at risk. Well, here is somebody who has been active in the community, somebody who has always been a stalwart, a strong person. And you know what? COVID-19 taught her something. Virginia, yeah. tell me a little bit about yourself, first of all. Just a little bit. Let people know that you're just one of us. Uh, former obsessive HIV treatment activist, which played a huge role in, in my, um, you know, how I handled COVID. Mm -hmm. um, but I was very blessed. And um, so used to be an HIV treatment activist. I actually have met Tony Fauci. Mm -hmm. It's not like we're, you know, Facebook buds, but, um, and, and then moved to, moved home. Um, I, I lived in San Francisco for many years, moved back to Houston to help take care of my mom in 2002. Um, anyway, and, you know, lived in, then lived in Philly for a while. I've pretty much been a social justice activist as long as I can remember. Um, I, 
realized a few years ago what I, I used to think that my mom and dad went to lots of picnics and parades with black people <laughs> <laughs> and and they took us with them and so I and I and I never really thought anything of it I was like yeah we just you know it's, there's always good food right and 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 so um, and I was like four, I think. And um, a few years ago, my brother said, Doofus, those were rallies and marches that they were taking us to. Um, and so, yeah, so I think you were an activist parents, from before you knew. Yeah, you yeah. My parents were union organizers. They were involved, uh, you know, not, not they weren't like leaders, but they, they were definitely involved in the civil rights movement campaign for Barbara Jordan. Um, and, um, you know, and so it's kind of in my blood. And so when the AIDS epidemic hit, I knew I had to do more than I was able to do here in Texas. So I, I did, I went to San Francisco on vacation, went to one ACT UP Golden Gate meeting, um, and, and the die was cast. And, 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 and then so you became I, forever a, an activist, no matter oh, yeah, what kind then, of job you yeah. had, you was an activist, yeah. you were an activist. So, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Well, yeah. look, let me, let me tell you something, Virginia. When I, first of all, I want to thank you for something, right? A lot of people, when they get sick, they get some sort of illness, they kind of run in a hole and they act as if it's a shame or they don't let anybody know what's going mm. on. And I, I have a completely different feel for that, right? I have a wife who has lupus and we've always spoken out about it. My daughter recently mm -hmm. got a stroke and we've always spoke about it. And one of the reasons I do that is because too many people, I believe, suffer in silence. So what I like with social media, the part of social media that I like is it gives people who want to be honest an opportunity to come out there and tell their story so that other people, even if they're in their home alone, they don't feel alone. They know that other people are going yeah. through the same kinds of things. So when I started to read your story, you were, you were chrono chronologically going through your COVID experience. And all I could think about is, wow, that is really good. So why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Um, well, and, and I felt that that was important and, and it was actually very intentional. I think I had a comment in one of them um, because they, I had the experience as an AIDS activist of having friends that, you know, I would we didn't have, you know, social media and even cell phones then. Mm -hmm. Um, but I had a fax machine that was right by my bed. And so I hated when I would get those midnight faxes because quite often it was because somebody died. Right. And I had friends all over the country from all of the people I had met, especially HIV positive women from all over the world. And so, um, and so I frequently had that experience of hearing that someone had died and I didn't even, and they, I knew they had HIV, of course, but, um, but I didn't know they were sick. I had been in a meeting with them two weeks prior, and then suddenly they're dead. Um, I had that experience then and, and have gone through a lot of PTSD. And so people in the LGBT community, especially, uh, or healthcare providers that, that have a lot of experience with HIV and AIDS, you might be experiencing some PTSD as well. Recognize it, own it. Um, and, um, and so I think it started when our beloved, um, Reverend Vicki Gibbs died. 
from from resurrection and i and it was devastating because well i mean because it's vicky right um but also because i didn't even know that she was positive i didn't know mm-hmm. she and her wife were infected um until we we were about to start a new study group and and we get this message on Facebook saying, hey, I'm, you know, we're both positive. I'm still like not back to 100%. Um, we'll have to postpone the start. We'll start it next week. That was on a Tuesday, I believe. Um, on Friday, she died. Wow. And, um, and it was just, it was traumatic for, for us. And, and kind of a weird, I'm, I'm one of these people who looks for silver linings, you know, and so I just always do. And um, a silver lining is that her message has been spread far and wide. Her last sermon has been watched probably by millions of people. It's um, and and she talked about how uh, she died in July. And so she she talked about how this pandemic is going to disproportionately affect BIPOC people more and and people of lower income and the disenfranchised are just going to be affected even more and anyway and so um and and so then recently within the last week another beloved member of our community died rather suddenly um was sick for five days and um and then, and I, and, and then gone. And so, like you were saying, I mean, of course, during the AIDS epidemic, there was so much shame and stigma attached to it. Um, and, and it's kind of confusing. Um, and, you know, and, and we fought as AIDS activists, part of um, our advocacy as treatment advocates, activist was for, to remove that stigma because if people are going to get treated for it, they have to come forward. They have to, you know, now, do they you have think, to be not afraid. Do you think that a lot of times uh, there, even though there shouldn't be, that that is sort of what goes on with COVID? I don't want anybody to know that I have COVID because they yes. want to be around me later yes. on. Yes, yes. And, and I have difficulty, I mean, even though it was wrong during the AIDS epidemic, um, it was somewhat understandable because, you know, we are prudish country um but it with covid it's more difficult for me to fathom why there is that shame attached Mm -hmm. and i think and i think it's because we're still asking quite often people will ask people asked of me how did you get it actually and you know what believe it or not I, that is one of the questions i and i think it's not that particular way of getting it given it's covid it, right. It's like, well, uh, can you give me pointers as, as to what you think? About, well, and, and yeah, and I, and I think it is relevant in that sense. And I had a friend ask me in one of the meetings this week, um, and I, you know, and he said, I, I hope this doesn't offend you, but, you know, I'm, I'm wanting, because he knows I'm careful. Right. I work in a medical setting. Um, I probably caught it from a patient at work. Most of my counseling is done over the phone. Um, so, you know, the, the things that have to be done in person, of course, patients there, and then, and then we send them out to their car and I talk to them over the phone, but on occasion, um, I'm Robert Conti. 
chief of the Metropolitan Police Department. I have an urgent message. Unfortunately, traffic fatalities have increased in D.C., and I need your help to reverse this troubling trend. Did you know that using a seatbelt can drastically reduce the risk of death or serious injury to you or a loved one? Seatbelts save lives, and together we can accomplish a safer community. Let's make Vision Zero a reality in D.C. Always wear your seatbelt. Click it or ticket. This message is sponsored by Amazon. I want to get back to kissing the cheeks of my grandbabies, making Sunday dinner with a house full of family and lots of laughs. <laughs> COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel, but now there are vaccines. It's okay to have questions. Now get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccines. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. I have to have, yeah, I have to see them in person. And so, I mean, getting back to Reverend Vicki, the last thing she said to me, um, and it was now looking back, it was so intuitive. The last thing she said to me is be very, very careful, Verge. It only takes a sec, a few seconds. Uh, Just one slip. And that was the last thing that, that she said, said to me, and it was on Facebook. Right. And, um, and, uh, you know, and so, and I think that's how it happened. It was just, it was, I, I just thought I had initially with the first surge, I was double masking. I was wearing the, um, you know, N95s and then another cloth mask the surgical over, over that. Yeah. Or I would wear the surgical and a cloth mask. And I kind of gradually loosened my own, you know, protocol. Right. A little bit. I loosened it a little bit and a little bit and a little bit. And and because most of the time I'm not having, as we learn more and more about it, and, um, you know, and the effect of mask and which is best and who has to wear it and blah, 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 and how much time it takes um, to actually transmit it mm-hmm. unless somebody like just comes and coughs in your face um you have to spend some time with them you know so that's why i think it, it, anyway so um and most of the time i'm just walking past patients mm-hmm. you know quite often reminding them put up your mask pull up your mask please please put your mask back on would you please put your mask back on and i even lightened up on that because I, it was just so frustrating i felt like i was dealing with a room full of teenagers mm-hmm. you know you are grown women you should not have i shouldn't have to remind you like i'm your mom and right. please don't roll your eyes at me when i tell you to put on your mask right and um and initially i was really and what initially when somebody said why do i have to wear the mask the whole time i said because do you really want me to die in a hospital with tubes down my throat do you hate me that much <laughs> i mean i was really frank about it and and then and then i lightened up on that so I did let my guard down. I so then it was a, and, and loosen it, my personal protocols a bit. I mean, so, but you I wasn't see a lot of people. Partying. You see yeah. a lot of people. So I mean, um, I imagine, right. you, yeah. So that's the thing is that I do come in. I mean, for a while I was participating in a, a survey um, that I, don't, I think is maybe Rice University that was doing like a daily survey, and I just asked about exposure, and I finally stopped answering it because it was every single day. And literally every single, if I went to work 
yes, I was exposed to more than 10 people. Right. You know? Right. And, um, and most of the time that exposure is very, very minimal, but I think just letting, loosening my personal protocol just a little bit, Cause, yeah. and, you know, is, is what, is what did it. And I, and I'm sure, and it, and I'm, uh, yeah. Now, I'm let me ask you, now, let's, for, the, for the audience, tell them how did you find out, what, what, how, how did your stuff gradually go from nothing to into something? How did you I start? Went, um, we do, we test every two weeks at the clinic. Um, and so I don't know if that's changing. It might be every day now, who knows. Um, but, but they were testing every two weeks. So I had had a, a negative test result, came back on Tuesday. So I was uh-huh. tested on a Monday. Um, got my negative results on Tuesday, and then on Saturday evening, I felt a little run down. You know, I I went, um, you know, I, I went, I worked, and then I met some friends who were helping with doing a recording for for church, and and then um, stopped at H E B to get my curbside order mm-hmm. um and by the time i got home i was i was feeling under the weather i was just like hmm i'm just i don't feel quite right i'm a little i'm tired i didn't feel even at work i felt felt a little feverish or something and i was mm-hmm. like check my fever check my temperature again and i wasn't running a temperature i was fine and they were like ah verge you're so paranoid because i am kind of paranoid like i right. am that person I, li- I am that person that the minute I start feeling a little of anything, scratchy throat, allergies, anything, I'm checking my, I got my left pulse oximeter out. I'm checking that. I'm checking my fever, you know, my temperature. And, and um, you know, and so that, that was part of it is because my, my friend who asked that question said, I know that you are super paranoid and I'm very, very cautious. And so, um, Anyway, so yeah, so I so I thought, well, you know, it's probably just allergies, you know, a storm had come through, blah, blah, blah. I'm gonna get a good night's rest, had a little soup for dinner, went to bed early, woke up the next day, felt like crap. And I felt um it was like I had a sinus infection that mm-hmm. had just hit suddenly. And, and I was pretty much in denial about it. Like, and the urgent care doctor was saying, well, did you have any symptoms beforehand? And I was like, no, not really. She's like, what? She said, well, sinus infections don't usually come on that quickly. And I said, well, but I did, I had some congestion earlier in the week. I did. Yeah. I had some, I was like trying, I was trying to convince myself and the urgent care doc that it was not COVID. So when did they do the te- next test? Um, so they did. They did the test that day. They tested me for flu and COVID. Um, but and then um, my boss had me come in the next morning um, to go ahead and get a test because they could because the doctor can expedite it. We would right. get the results the next day from the the test that they did at urgent care. I didn't get the results um, for another four days. And did they both I mean, match is, as positive? Yes. Yes. Okay. And, um, and so, and I think that's one of the, ah, oops, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I think, um, that was, is, I mean, for, that's one of the, the delay in testing. This is where that's relevant. I mean, some people, it's like all of these, the kind of the minutia, the details of managing this pandemic, which our previous president did I'm already calling him our previous president. Yes, yes. Um, anyway, but 
but but the time lag between testing is relevant. Uh, I touched my friend, you know, my friend was sick for five days. I, it was while the EMS was there trying to resuscitate him that, that his husband got the news that they were both positive. Oh, you know, wow. and, and that's kind of, you know, and so if you wait until, so one of the lessons I learned is that, and, and the urgent care doctor said kind of you're, you have symptoms of COVID. I mean, and it was, a, but it was also the classic symptoms of a sinus infection. I had pain and pressure. I had a screaming headache. I had congestion. I had overall malaise and just fatigue and just felt like crap, you know? And, and so um, one word of advice would be to, um, to assume you have COVID, right? You know, right. if you're sick, assume it's COVID because it might take a few days to get your test results back. Now, after now, you found out that you had it, that means you probably by then would have had it about four or five days. Probably, and so, um, and and so, I I can't help but think of all of the, you know, I was thinking of like all the people that you're that in touch I had with and encounter with, you know patients even that was brief you know patients co-workers um the the woman who came up to the window at heb for the curbside and i hire you verge and i and thankfully i know when that happened i actually had you know like yeah just kind of cracked the window a little bit yeah yeah i'm her you know but um but you know i had also i had left blueberries off of my order so i ran in really quick um, to the produce section and grab some blueberries. And I was thinking, so I'm racking my brain and thinking like, oh my God, how many people did I encounter? Of course I had on a mask, but, right. but still, and it's just, and, and now we're hearing about this more virulent, um, mm-hmm. you know, aggressive virus. That's, it does, uh, I hear that the symptoms are not any worse, but it's just very, very easily transmitted. The this one that's hidden in England right now and, in the in UK. Europe and, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. And, um, and it's going to be, you know, by, by tomorrow, it's going to be in other countries, you know, it is. Right. And but so, so you're, you're after, uh, there was one message that I saw where apparently you were doing fine at home, but you started to have breathing problems a few days into it. I, I think I was like, eight I, days it or was, 10. yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was a, about a week later that I, what, what really frightened me and, and, and um, because my, my pulse ox was, had been, you know, it had been kind of like wavering at that point. It was like 92, 93, but it would always come back up to 94. Um, it wasn't consistently under, I, right. I decided to set 94 as my marker. The urgent care doc said 95, if that, if that had, if I'd gone to the ER every time it went below 95%, it, it I would have been living at the ER. Right. right. And so um, I decided to set consistently under 94 as my marker. Um, but what really motivated me to go was when I, I got up that morning, walked my dog. It was exhausting. It was like an eight minute walk. You know, mm-hmm. we went down the stairs, across the courtyard, up the elevator that, you know, and, and, and it was exhausting. And I just, 
I had been really committed to aggressive self-care, mm-hmm. like literally every four hours taking a mucinex, other medications, you know, doing my breathing exercise, checking my pulse ox, um, et cetera. And I, I woke up that morning and I just didn't care anymore. And so that was the part that really scared the hell out of me is that um, my determination was gone. I just, I I was ready. I just, I was ready to take a nap and let it take me, you know, I just, I stopped caring. Yes. I stopped caring. And so it's like, this virus is so insidious. It's as if it has an actual character and personality, you know, it's, 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 you know, of course, any virus is a living creature i mean of source an entity um but it's as if it was like something on a star trek virus that that you know that not only has the ability to attack all different parts of the body and all different people i mean i've had you know so many friends who went through this and like you said a lot of times i didn't know until like they came out to me after i came out mm-hmm. you know and then they were like well yeah i had it i too. had it well, look, I, you know, Verge, and, I'm running out of time, so let me ask I you know. to do me a big favor. Okay. Tell uh, you you had um, you you what what I liked about one of the things that you said in your blog is that you're not a doctor, but this is what I did, and yeah, it seemed yeah, to work. Yeah. So please oh, yeah, tell I, the I, people I, what you did that seemed to I work. I want to get. For you. I do want to get that out. Thank you. Um, but not a doctor. Okay. This was my experience. Um, I. I took Mucinex every four hours. So every four hours around the clock, I had alarms set. So every four hours I took Mucinex. The logic is that the lungs fill up with fluids. That's a bad thing. So um, Mucinex DM, uh, I was alternating ibuprofen and uh, Tylenol to keep the inflammation and the fever and the body aches down. I... um, so when I took the Mucinex, of course, I was drinking a big glass of liquids, um, a lot of Pedialyte and Gatorade. You want to get those electrolytes in. Uh, I was also checking my pulse ox, you know, with my little oximeter, mm-hmm. which let me note, it's the readings are different for people of color mm-hmm. because of the melanin. Right. So if you're a person of color, don't use the numbers that I use. You want to be really aware. If it drops below 95, you want to be really aware of your breathing. If you're having any breathing issues, get your butt to the ER um, so they can take the, a blood sample and get the, the, real, the absorption yeah. that way. Yeah. Um, but And so every four hours, I was also doing breathing exercises, which involved deep breathing, trying to really fill every little inch of my lungs holding it for 10 seconds, right. Holding it for 10 seconds and then breathing out through a straw, my little trusty straw. Right. Um, Because, and a a nurse had explained the logic of that. And I don't remember, but it's, but it's something about like filling up all of those little parts of the, and, you know, and emptying them out uh, of the lungs. Um, Start taking vitamin D right now, D3. More and more studies are coming out that people that they're seeing that people with COVID are D deficient. And most of us are anyway. So it's, so a lot of the stuff that I did, it's not going to hurt. It's kind of, 
so, you know, of course, if you have, if you have hemophilia, for example, you're not going to take my aspirin a day. Blood right. clots are common with COVID. So I was taking a low dose aspirin. Um, I started taking, well, I was already taking the D3 because of heart issues. And, um, and I took a good multivitamin. So if you're not taking any vitamins right now, start. Take a good solid multivitamin and vitamin D, D3. Um, and I added, of course, extra orange, you know, in the form of extra C in the form of orange juice, lots and lots of orange juice, um, a, a very powerful antioxidant called NAC, an anacylocysteine, which was used early on um, in HIV care, you know, self-care. So a lot of these things actually come from, I, I had this, had this awesome friend in Northern California who uh, is super nerd and she was doing research and saying, okay, there's studies to back up this, there's studies to back up this. So, so everything I was doing, there is research to back it up. I mean, doctors are learning firsthand. So, um, oh, zinc, of course. So the minute you have any kind of symptoms, add extra zinc. So we're talking D, multivitamin C, zinc, NAC, um, a low-dose aspirin. And uh, one study has shown that people who were taking Pepsid, who knows why, um, had a better outcome. So I thought, what the heck? It fell into the it can't hurt category. Right. Um, one of the things to be aware of is that, and of course, if somebody has hemophilia, you can't take the aspirin and ibuprofen. Um, if you have blood pressure issues, in my case, I was also that every, so every four hours I was waking up, taking my meds, checking my pulse ox, checking my temperature, doing my breathing exercises, drinking lots of fluids, get up, walk to the bathroom, walk around a little bit, um, and then go back to bed. And then the alarm would go off four hours later, I do it all again. But, um, I was also doing using my albuterol inhaler because I do have asthma mm -hmm. and I was using that every four hours. Um, and that combined with the ibuprofen was jacking up my heart rate. So that, so that was when I went to the ER, the doctor um, who actually, I felt stupid at one point because code blues were going off all around me. There was somebody had an active heart attack around the corner. They had to intubate several people in the ER um, I thought, why am I here? I'm sorry, I'm wasting your time. And and I for, I don't remember if it was the doctor or the nurse who said, no, we'd rather see ten of you than right. that person. Because what you do intubate. is you, you actually you actually go in before uh, you're into some but, sort of an arrest. Correct. But look, Virginia, right. I, I have to uh -huh. go now, but I want to I want to uh, ask you to give you know tell us something in thirty seconds that I should have <laughs> asked you that you want to get out there. Um, I. Vaccine, the vaccine. People, I can attest because I sat in the rooms with researchers. I was a treatment nerd. This message is sponsored by Amazon. I want to get back to kissing the cheeks of my grandbabies, making Sunday dinner with a house full of family and lots of laughs. <laughs> COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel, but now there are vaccines. It's okay to have questions. Now get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccines. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. 
Whatever business you're in, growth isn't just about getting bigger. At ADP, we believe it's about getting stronger by turning data into insights so you can build teams that work as teams. By using our AI technology to help catch payroll errors before their errors. And by keeping ahead of thousands of changing regulations so you can keep ahead of everything else. ADP helps businesses like yours grow stronger every day. ADP, HR talent, time, and payroll. Um, researchers have been working toward these kind of vaccines for decades. Decades. I know it seems rushed, but... Um, but it was, but yeah, it's not. They've been working on it for a long time. And one reason we were able to move as quickly on this is thanks to Chinese researchers who, before their government shut everything down, they got the word out. In part because of the AIDS epidemic, researchers share information a lot better. They have platforms. So they used to hang on to their data and until they presented it, it was all about publishing and presenting now so these chinese re- these very heroic people shared that data yeah they did release it the, you know with yes with the 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 world and that's so then because they've been working on the mrna vaccines for decades they're you know they were able just to plug in the you know the genome and and that's why we have these vaccines in other and words so, I know it's new. I know it's scary. And I know some of you going to wait until the rest of us get our vaccines. That's okay. I am happy to be your guinea pig. Um, but um, yeah, so, so that's, it's, it's, it's so, and so much of what we know, even, you know, that basic thing about how researchers share data came out of the AIDS epidemic. Excellent. Well, Vir- yeah. Virginia, Parks, thank you so kindly for spending this time with Politics Done Right. Your story is one that I think uh, will be revealing to many. I think it's important that, like I said, that we all, you know, share our tribulations because in doing right. so, we make it better yeah. for us all. Oh, one thing I didn't say yes. is this my number one tip. Learn how to say yes, please, and thank you. Your friends want to help. So do not hide. Do not curl up in your bedroom. Talk to your friends when they offer help. Give them specifics. Say, yes, I, I only wanted to eat bananas for a while, for a few days, and friends brought me bananas. So, you know, so say yes. Say yes. Not only do your friends want to help you, your friends need to help yes. you. They'd rather help you now than grieve later. Virginia, thank you so kindly for having been a part of Politics Done Right. Thank you. Yeah, that is Virginia. Virginia is an activist out here. She does a whole lot with the party and otherwise. And um, she got COVID. And what I wanted to do is I wanted to share people, real people getting getting the disease. And, you know, she did well with it. And most people are going to do well with it. But it's not the most people that we're concerned about. It's the least of us, the ones that are going to have it hard, the ones that are going to uh, lose so much from having it. And all of us as a collective, that is what we are supposed to be about. That is what we are supposed to be about. For those that are selfish, who just think, well, look, most of us are going to just have a flu for two weeks and feel terrible for two weeks. Why bring down an economy for that? These are the same people that says, talk about the sanctity of life. Well, you know, the truth of the matter is, is there are methods that we could have used 
so that shutting down an economy did not mean the destruction of people's lives. Shutting down the economy would not have meant all that much. We could have said at the beginning of this pandemic, we hold pace. Hold pace means we stop the economy at that point and just let things that have to occur occur until we mitigate the virus. We make everybody whole. People say, well, where's that money going to come from? We create the money. We create the, the money is something that is fungible. The fallacy that somehow uh, we, uh, that there's some fixed law, it's not, and it's, it's something that I'm going to go over in other shows, right? We have the wherewithal to do this. The reason we don't is that those, the few who continuously make off of the, 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 the alter and complete work of the others, they are blinded by a fallacy within the economic system. We'll go over that some other time because we're getting close to the end of the show and I want to salute all the wonderful people in here. Bridge MCP, welcome aboard. Lee Grant, welcome aboard. Lee, you had some, some great, great insights today. Thank you. Uh, post, first of all, black people need to take more vitamin D in general because of the absorption rays of the sun. So true. Other, uh, and as well, it is uh, the, the tr- truth about you correcting D- Daniel Lado as far as AIDS versus the spreading of AIDS versus, uh, versus COVID. Thank you. Uh, you as a right winger, I imagine, or, or conservative, I imagine Daniel Lado will give more credence to the words that you say. That's why having all of us in this one room of different persuasions can each can help each other. So thank you. Deborah M. Fessa Reed, welcome aboard. Julie Henderson, welcome aboard. Uh, let's see, who else do we got have we got here? Nanette Bird Smith, welcome. Uh, Linda E. Bridge MCP. Uh, Linda Joe Kensinger. Welcome, welcome. Well, Daniel Lado, welcome. Lee Grant, welcome. Deborah Jean, welcome. I'm not going to answer these now. I don't think I have the time to do a lot of answering. Daniel Lado, uh, all caps. You don't have to do that. I'll, I'll, I'll read it anyway. Robert Reed, thank you for being here, Robert. Uh, Robert did say something that I wanted to touch on. He talked about, what about the people who do not want to take the vaccine? I don't think these people should be penalized, especially black people who have justified reasons to be skeptical of the medical industry. Yeah, they do have justified reasons. And I am not, I am, look, I am not going to judge anybody. I'm going to say that it is the responsibility of us all to convince as many as we can to take it so that we can get to herd immunity the right way. And uh, those who ca- won't take it, let's help them. Let's try not to do anything to get them infected. That's what we have to do. Um, let's see who else is here, who else is here, who else is here. If I miss you, just drop me a line in the bottom and I'll, I'll salute you. Um, you guys have a lot of great messages out here. I just can't get to them all. Uh, okay, I'm going to go to the bottom. I think I went to the top already. If anybody else has Bridge MCP, have a happy Christmas with your family. Eat, relax, enjoy each other. Yes, I'm going to do that. I am going. I am. We're not going to be on for Christmas. Of course, I'll be on. I don't know. I may, I may give a little. Hey guys, how you doing? Merry Christmas. That kind of a stuff. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. All that good stuff. But I had something that happened to me today. Good friend of mine. My. I call him my big brother. He's 15 years older than I am. He was one of the first persons that I met here in Houston when I moved from Austin to Louisiana to Houston to live. 
and we we've been in we've done all kinds of businesses together, and um, we form little groups together. We joined Buy Freedom together, which was a thing that says, "Let's make sure all businesses were able to succeed." We did a lot of work together. Every Christmas we've had at my home. Every Christmas we normally have a whole lot of people over for dinner. A lot of people. This year we won't have it. This was a terrible year. This was a horrendous year. But, you know, I, I make sure to keep the smile on. I make sure to keep the positivity on. Because it, you can always make it better. But today I got the shock of my life. My big brother. My big brother. CJ Lucky. My big brother. Um... His wife called my wife this morning, and you know my wife started to have the conversation. Ah, have a good time, and the, and then she heard it in her voice, and she said, "Our my big brother, my good friend, C.J. Lucky, fifteen years older than I am, had a massive stroke, and he's now on a ventilator." And the the uh, and, and by the way, Michael Rudden, we're we it's just three of us this Christmas. My wife, my daughter, and myself. And my daughter is downstairs baking a um, you know, with one hand. You know, she's the stroke still has the other hand not completely functional. She's downstairs baking a pecan pie. Um, but CJ got a massive stroke. He's here every year. He was here yesterday. Last year. Last year, on today, my wife's mother got a stroke at this home. And she died in January. One month after my mother-in-law's stroke, Ashley, my daughter, got a stroke. Her youth has been her savior. She's been doing very well. My cousin got COVID-19 early on. And with that, he got a stroke, he got kidney damage, lung damage, blood clot in his, in his head. He's doing much better. He's improving. Again, he's very athletic and young, but this stuff is real. When I talk about this, is not just talking about these things out of, you know, not knowing or not having empathy to others. That one person, myself, could be so affected by so many things we talk about within our system. Lousy health care that we have to live through. My mother-in-law, my daughter, my wife, everything that we have to live through this system. COVID, bad th that, that we have not had COVID handled very well in this country. That I have a friend who, and I won't go into the details of his stroke right now, my brother, not having a Christmas and having a wife now that will have to let him go more than likely in the next few days because he will be removed from the ventilator. It hurts to the core. My life is not any more special than anybody else's. All of us go through our tribulations. All of us are going to go through our tribulations. All of us. What we should ask of we the people, our government, 
is to create a system. We actually are a society. That's why we are socialized. It's to at least ask for a society that can give us the compassion necessary to go on. Too many people out there, self-centered. Too many people out there, just think about what's immediately in front of them. I have never had such an impactfully bad year. I never show it on screen. I have never in my life, but I've had friends. I have had families who have gone through this bad and worse and worse. And I've been able to empathize with them. All we can ask is others empathize with others. I'm not asking it for me. I can handle myself. I can handle the pain. I can handle bad things. But there are so many out there where this is the end of the line for them. The least we can do as humans is care. The least we can do as humans is not only care, but also work for policies that at least make their lives better. That we have to fight and beg for that is inhumane on the part of just a few. I hate to end on this number, but I'm going to tell you something. My daughter is here with me from D.C. She goes back in a few weeks back to finish her, her, uh, her medical school last year, we hope. We hope all works out well. We're giving her a lot of PT training to get her left side uh, back in, in stride. And we are going to do that with positivity. We're going to do that. We're going to do that. We're going to do that. I'm going to go visit my friend before he goes on Saturday to let him know I love him and that that his wife is going to be left in good hands with all, with the community, with all of us. And I'm going to continue doing this because we are better than how some of us are making us. So Merry Christmas to all of you. No matter how much pain right now, make this a Merry Christmas. We are going to make this a Merry Christmas. I am going to smile tomorrow. I'm going to hug my daughter tomorrow. And I'm going to have a Merry Christmas. And I wish you a Merry Christmas. No matter what tribulations you are going through right now, a Merry Christmas to you. Have a great day. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.
Get your wardrobe ready for summer during the annual Venus Memorial Day event. Today only, shop the hottest styles of the season and take an additional 15% off your order at checkout. Just visit venus.com and use the promo code REMEMBER to save today. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber, signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal.